Hello and welcome to the Streamcast. I am Black and Moral, but for the purpose of this pod, you may call me Mega Man. And I'm joined with... Uncle Ben. I've revived. I'm back. And I'm really upset with what's happened to my dear old grandson. Grandson? Nephew. His name's Uncle Ben, you know? Yeah, Uncle Ben. So why, why, why did you go to grandson first? I don't know. I don't know. Do you know what? Like, I've been called Uncle Ben all my life. I, I think Uncle is my first name and Ben is my last name. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, in this podcast, we're going to cover the events of this week and possibly the previous week as well. We're going to talk about the new Peter Parker, as Uncle Ben so rightly pointed out. We're going to talk about Minecraft and Smash. We're going to talk about Luna and some cyberpunk crunch. So uh, please, please, please uh, follow us on the Twitter and the Instagram at streamcast underscore. Subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash streamcast or just search streamcast on your YouTube. You can't miss it. It's got the same logo as we've got in this video right now. Um, And our Twitch is streamcast TV. Throughout the month of October, we'll be streaming scary games. We've started with Until Dawn, and we are looking to complete that game and move on to some other scary games. If you have any suggestions on any games you'd like for us to play, let us know uh, via Twitter, Instagram, or you know, in this, Freddy. the YouTube comments. I mean, if it gets enough you know, support, then I will do it. <laughs> uh, also, it's a new month, so we'd like to do our patrons' shout-outs. Shout out to Spilt Milk Studios for being an official patron of Streamcast and Melanin Gamers for being early bird patrons. Our supporters, we thank, thank you, you. We salute you. Uh, we really commend what you're doing for us. Um, it helps us put out more and, you know, superior content. So we love the support. And if you'd like to be a patron yourself, uh, we'll put a link in the description and we'll talk about that at the end. But uh, um I guess, where do we start? Should we start with Minecraft? Uh, Yeah, let's get into it. What are your thoughts? Right, so for people who aren't aware, and I don't know who that applies to, the newest fighter in the Smash roster has been revealed. The second fighter in the second fighting pass. It is Steve from Minecraft. This character will come with Alex, Zombie, and Enderman. So you're getting a real pack there. Uh, And you ask my opinion... Well, to be honest, as soon as I saw it was Minecraft, I closed the uh, showcase. So I don't know what happened after. So that's an insight into my opinion. Personally Mm. speaking, I am not into this edition at all. I am so thankful that I haven't bought the pass because I'd feel like an idiot personally because I'm not into Min Min either. Um, Min Min's a lot of fun, though, I have to say. Fair enough. I'm still not going to buy her, but like... It's just not for me. Like, I'm mm. not hating. It's just not a fire that I'm interested in. Um, but I guess that goes for almost all of the DLC fighters. The only one I've been interested in is Terry. So maybe that's me instead of, you know, the Smash uh, target. But in general, it's a great move for Nintendo. Of course, Minecraft is one of the biggest games of all time. So why not incorporate that into your biggest hit? Uh, your biggest party fighting game. So I see it from Nintendo's point of view. Uh, Minecraft are probably loving all the extra attention. It's just not for me personally. Uh, What about you? What do you think? So I think my thoughts and sentiments were exactly the same on the first when everything was revealed. 
because my lights just go out a little bit. It did. <laughs> yeah, it's because my TV just went off. Um, is this uh, all okay. right? Um, uh, I think it's fine. Fine. All right. Cool. Awesome. Uh, my thoughts and sentiments were exactly the same as you when it came out on the first the um the reveal. I was just not interested at all. Uh, and it was very underwhelming. And as someone who had bought the Fighters Pass 2, I was just like, goodness gracious me. At least we've got like an extra edition because there's six instead of five this time. Um, and then earlier today, I haven't finished it yet, but I watched Sakurai's uh, demo of Steve. So I think I got about 30 minutes through. So I've got like 10, 15 minutes left. But that's just stages now. So I've seen a lot of what the character can do. And I won't lie to you. I'm sort of interested now because his moveset is is very diverse, it's very interesting, and it takes a lot of the the skills that other characters has and it puts it all in one place. So when Kirby becomes like this this uh heavy object and lands on someone, like Steve's got that ability as well. Uh-huh. He can his edge trapping is ridiculous. He can throw down like like a small plot of lava, like mid-air. So when you're trying to like recover, you keep hitting that over and over and over and over again. His recovery is stupid. He can glide from like one side of the stage to the other. And he gets a little bit of lift as well, which is pretty cool. And there was one mechanic that he's got. So he can craft. So he digs in the stage and whatever materials he gets, he can craft. So he's got like tiers of weaponry. So I think it's stone, then iron something else gold and then diamond so diamond's the best one you want to try and get that gold is really weak but it's quick and i think iron's the most like versatile resource because you use all these craft materials for a lot of your moves so if you don't have if you haven't dug you can't attack with certain moves so in a sense a little bit like inkling it's like his version of ink but there's a lot more to it and you get a craft station and a craft station spawns with you when you start the game and I was thinking that's really bad because if someone just camps at your craft station, you can't do anything. <laughs> but you can summon that craft station to you wherever you are in the stage. Right. You can do what you need to do. And he seems like a very, very versatile character. And also, his juggles are going to be stupid because um, I think his 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 up tilt is pretty all right. But his up smash is literally just a massive hitbox of lava on top of him. And it combos very nicely from his uh, up tilt. And I'm just thinking, like, I like what I'm seeing. His down smash is really good. It's like Ganondorf's slash clouds where it hits both in front and behind you. And at first I wasn't feeling him. But like towards the end of the right, I could see all of his moves. I quite like it. And here's the cherry on the cake, right? So Minecraft, all about building. What Steve does is he can build mid-air. So let's say you're trying to recover back on stage. He can jump off the stage, build a platform, hit you with a smash attack, and edge guard you like that. Like, how do you respond to a smash attack in mid-air? What are you going to do about that? Um, I am not a smash expert by any means, but I like what I've seen, and I think Steve is going to be a very problematic fighter, and I'm here for it. You know, after you said all that, he sounds really cool. <laughs> does. Like, fair enough, I'm not into the Minecraft franchise or anything like that, but hearing how he's going to play in this fighting game, he's unique. And unique. he offers a lot 
to the smash um to the roster really i i think a lot of people are gonna get him because they're into minecraft and i guess you know they're gonna have a new sort of audience but the way he actually fights sounds very interesting to me i might have to go back on my word and actually buy him i I am I I am in I don't know man my head's all over the place like he sounds so cool to play it to play with so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the rest of that reveal hundred percent watch it and see how you feel because it completely yeah. changed my mind um his basic attacks are kind of crap but everything else he does is it seems like a lot of fun yeah I guess the USP is all the stuff he can do in the air and then he can like make platforms and stuff when he's off the pl- the main platform. So I guess mm. that's the trade-off because I don't think anyone's too broken in the game, I don't think. Yeah. And even if he does come out to be broken, there was the whole hero thing where everyone was scared about hero. Oh, he's too strong, this, too strong, that. And now he's, I think he's settled into like mid-tier. Yeah. I think as long as you know how to play against the character it's not an issue. Like, mm, mm. even though he might seem busted at first, he probably isn't. He's probably got lots of weaknesses. It's probably very well balanced. Then again, Sakurai did say, and here's the thing, Sakurai's got some great job. Um, In the direct, he was like, during lunchtime, they always just like play test to get the balancing right. He's just playing Smash during his lunchtime. It must be what nice. Is- That's so good. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad we have Sakurai. And he even took, like, I'm not sure if it was a dig at Nintendo or just, like, a funny, harmless joke. But um, he was like, they approached me and they said I had to make Minecraft. And I told them, this is basically impossible. Um, But I guess I can do it. And I don't know if he was, like, having a dig at Nintendo for, like, giving him this this, um, Herculean task or just bigging himself up because he's like, this is impossible. No one can do this. Of course I'm gonna do it. Let's get it done. And I just like that about him. He's a <laughs> he seems to have a lot of personality. And even in yeah. direct, he was like, Oh, I can't go to the studio, blah blah blah. Um, so it's just me working at home, no camera crew, so lonely. And I was like, Oh, Sakurai. He just seems like <laughs> a really cool guy. Yeah. I I mean, from the way you said it, it sounds like he was bigging himself up. And yeah, probably it's gonna be very difficult for me to tell because obviously I don't understand like Japanese tone and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I guess I will watch it for myself and determine from that. But I, I think he was trying to say that this thing's impossible, but I can do it. Yeah. Well, so I got this it, story about yeah, it. Yeah. It was like um when Jay-Z rapped, difficult takes a day, impossible takes a week. So Bro, this thing humble is... brag. <laughs> <laughs> Jay-Z is nothing but humble. Um so, like, this thing that you've asked me to do is really difficult, but I can do it. No worries. Yeah, like, it, it's a pat on his own back, I think. He's challenged himself. Mm, 100%. Uh, but, uh, viewer, listener, let us know what you think about Minecraft being included into Smash. Are you for this? Are you against this? Have you watched the reveal? Um, let us know. We will move on to the new Peter Parker. You want to talk about your grandson slash nephew? So, hold on. Like, I was... So, here's the thing. I was upset at first. And then I was like, do you know what? Let me sit down and have a think. And I wrote stuff down. And, like, I wasn't as mad anymore. Um, okay. Because 
at first glance, I just thought to myself, like, why have they done this? Um, it oh, doesn't sorry. need to be done. I'm just going to make sure I explain to people who don't know. I should. Oh, yeah, go for it. Go for it. I'm just like jumping the um, gun. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's my bad. Uh, for people who don't know, uh, Peter Parker's face has been redesigned in the remake or the remaster, I should say, sorry, of Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man that's coming on the PS5. Um, his face now looks more in line with Tom Holland, uh, which has caused a bit of controversy because obviously uh, the original face was in line with Yuri Lowenthal, the actual actor's face. Uh, that's all I wanted to say. Uh, continue with your point, Uncle Ben. Uh, so basically, I, I was just upset straight away um, because, and here's the thing, I think my, a lot of my upset came from the fact that I'd played the game, I'd seen this Peter Parker and I was like, okay, this, and I, it just resonated with me. It, it seemed like a perfect fit. Like, why would you change that? Because this is a Peter Parker who's, he, he hasn't just been bitten. He's experienced. He's taken down people before. Like in the first part of the game, when he has that exchange with Kingpin, they're old friends, like in the mm-hmm. way that, you know, old rivals are enemies, but like, they know mm-hmm. each other. He's an established uh, Peter Parker. He's He's got his like girlfriend troubles. He's got rent troubles as usual, um, like job problems, like just everything is all there. Um, and he does seem a little bit older. Uh, so like all the stress, all of the experience, it's all there in that Peter Parker's face. And he just, he's just established. And we've got this new guy who just seems like a young man. Um, who's just like fresh out of college. Uh, he's 16, 17, whatever. He's just a kid. And I was just in my head, I was thinking like, why have you done this? There is absolutely no reason to do this. And here's the worst part is, yeah. It's a remaster. The game came out two years ago. What are you doing? <laughs> um, but I read more into it. And so they wanted a better facial match for Yuri Lowenthal. And their excuse, not excuse, their reason was to get the most out of the facial recognition software. They wanted an actor whose face more closely resembled Yuri. And on the PS5, they could make that happen. So when I read that down and thought about it, I said to myself, do you know what? I do not have a PS5. So the devs, the guys who made this game, made the decision to remaster a two-year-old game to get the most out of the PS5. I have to trust their vision. And even though I don't like this new Peter Parker, maybe facial recognition-wise, it will look better. Maybe we'll get a better performance out of him. But I think, and this is me personally, I think while maybe it's true, maybe they have got someone who will better show off the facial recognition software and get more out of the PS5 and what it can do, I think that without them even realizing they've accidentally replaced a better Peter Parker, because without them realizing it or not, I think the Peter Parker they already had did the job justice. He, like I said earlier, experienced, he fit the role, and his performance was great. If it wasn't for games like Red Dead, if it wasn't for games like God of War, that game would have been Game of the Year. That game was spectacular. Um, And I don't know why they've done this. I don't like it, but I will 100% give it a try. What about yourself? 
Well, it all boils down to the fact that I'm not going to play this game on the PS5. So yeah. there's that. I've played the game, I've completed it on the PS4, and I'm satisfied with my You got experience. the Platinum as well, didn't you? I got the Platinum, yeah. Cool. So I have no further need or desire, logically, to play this game. As such, I do not want to play this game again. I do think it's a weird move from Insomniac. I don't see the point of it. Uh, it it's, it's weird. I think it's just weird, because I, I agree with you. I think... Um, the face we had for Peter Parker in the PS4 version was perfect. It was fine. It's not meant to be a Tesco Valley version of Tom Holland. It's meant to be an alternate version of Spider-Man. It's a retelling. Not every version or not every media retelling of Spider-Man needs to be the same. The movie doesn't have to be in line with the game, which doesn't have to be in line with the cartoon. It doesn't need to be in line with any series you got out. So I think there is a way for different looking Peter Parkers to exist. And that's completely fine. Um, so I, I was a bit upset, as you said, Peter Parker in the game is what, mid twenties. So he's had a few years of being Spider-Man. He has come blow to blow with Kingpin. So he is more experienced in his superhero lifetime. Whereas Tom Holland, isn't he still like fresh out as Spider-Man? Pretty much. He's still in like high school or whatever, um, dealing with really small time villains. It, it doesn't really match up. His face is really young as well. So as you say, the stress isn't showing. Like it's weird, but the little things that we don't notice, we have noticed because they have changed. They have been moved mm. around. So like well, as you said, all the girlfriend troubles, all the rent troubles, the stresses of pleasing Dr. Octavius, um, all of that little stuff has added to his face. And you can see it. You can feel it in every line he delivers. And I don't know how they're going to make that work with this new young baby face, Peter Parker. Yep. Um, I don't buy the excuse personally. I I think Yuri even took a shot at Insomniac after that. He said, "Oh, it's my it's my damn bones." Yeah, my bones that's me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know where he stands on this, but for me, I think it is a pointless move to try and get your biggest IP to look more like the movie version which I think is pointless. I'm not going to try out this game on the PS5 because I don't need to. And more importantly, I don't want to. I'm interested in playing Spider-Man Miles Morales. That is a new experience. Even that, even if that's just a 10-hour thing, I'm going to play that. I'm not going to revisit an old game. I don't need to. But don't you get it with Miles Morales anyways? Uh, I think you do, but I won't be playing that version. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, and I think if you do have the PS4 version, you can still stick that into your PS5 and you will get uh, OG, well, I, not OG, but OG Spider-Man, if that makes sense. <laughs> I think the only way I'd play it again is if I had to play the Marvel Spider-Man campaign to get to the Mars Morales. And to be honest, wouldn't I, wouldn't, do that. I wouldn't buy the game if that was the case. Yeah, so same. I'm not doing it. I'm not playing it again. I don't need to see PS5 P Peter Parker because I complete the game already. Mm. But I mean, if you haven't played it, I guess it's a good introduction. And then you can, I guess, get the game the way the devs intended. But at the same time, like, I think, you know, I can't even set up a straight face. 
regardless of what they intended, I think they got a better Peter Parker from the PS4 version. But only time will tell. Yeah, I mean, I could be looking back at this in a year's time thinking, nah, you know, all that tech that they did on the PS5, nah, you can see it when he's twitching because Dr. Yeah. Xavier, he, you know, he kind of raised his voice a little, or, mm. you know, you can see the little tear duct come out when, you know, he's got that 17th eviction letter. I might eat my words, but at this point in time, I think it was a pointless move. Not even a bad move, just a pointless move. And to, like, piggyback off what you said, um, seeing his, like, emotions and reactions if that's if that's such a thing why wouldn't you do that for all the other characters because octavius has a lot of screen time um yuri has a lot of screen time in the dlc i wouldn't say black has a lot of screen time but she's got screen time for her chapter um silver sables got screen time for her chapter uh hammerhead he's got screen time for his chapter that there are so many people that you could i guess just redo it for um aunt may you've got a uh, mr negative like you could redo all of them why is it just peter parker that you've redone and okay yes he's the main character but he spends half his time in the suit so really and truly if you want to make this point for peter parker you've got to do it for everyone else to really show off the power of the ps5 that's a solid argument but you let us know, listener viewer, uh, how do you feel about the new Peter Parker? Are you on board with a more Tom Holland-esque main character? Or did you think the PS4 had it perfect just the way it was? Let us know. All right. Now we move on to Cyberpunk Crunch. Okay. <laughs> so for people who don't know... Uh, Cyberpunk just put out a new advert starring Keanu Reeves. Seize the day from the 19th of November. We've put it out, we've tweeted it, so check that out. But Cyberpunk have come under fire recently because they have imposed mandatory man uh, crunch. I think it's six-day weeks they're going to work until the game goes gold. Oh, wait, I thought it was just one week of crunch. Is it just like from now to the game going out, it's just all crunch? Let me check my link. <clears throat> well, it says multiple. Uh, CD Projekt Red has told employees it will require them to work six-day weeks until the game's November launch, breaking a previous promise not to force compulsory overtime to finish the project. Multiple weeks. But you know, I, I don't stand with Cyberpunk on this at all in any way, shape, or form. Um, because gaming is a luxury item. And in the period we're living in, people can't always get to the office. People, I mean, you can work from home, don't get me wrong, but for something like this, I think a lot more collaboration is needed. And I mean, Zoom meetings aren't the, the best <laughs> way to, to get things done, depending on the situation. And do you know what? Yes, COVID has like delayed things, and I know people want to still like not become like idle or stop working or like just not be able to get anything done. You can't come to a complete standstill. I get that, but here's the thing: people are going to understand. People are going to understand that they can't have this game like straight away. Um, I don't speak for everyone. I only speak for me. These next couple of sentences. <laughs> but when Cyberpunk was delayed, I was upset 
but I understood. Fair enough, it's a big game. Work out the kinks. And then you got delayed again. I was like, oh, that sucks, but whatever. It's fine. Like, this game is coming, and we've got so much footage. We've got so much content from it. Like, it's not going to be a game where it's teased, like Final Fantasy fifteen that was teased for, like, what, 10 years or something. Like, we know this game is coming. <laughs> you, do, you don't need to rush this. You don't need to, like, make your devs crunch. You've already promised that you're not going to do this. I think if they kept their promise and just kept delaying it, if you need to, I think that would have been a lot better with... For, for me, that would be better for me. And probably for the fan base, maybe. And um, the employees? 100% the employees. Like, boys, have, you can't... Here's the thing, right? You're... So for, so for me, I, I... You're stuck at home, but you're working. So you're close to your loved ones, but you can't always interact with them. And now you have to crunch. Like, so close, yet so far. Bro, I, you know, I don't think I would. this this is their baby this is their project and as crappy as it is they probably will crunch um but they shouldn't have to i don't think they should and a lot of that games from what they've showed off it seems like it's ready i don't know why they need to crunch this is a luxury good it can wait genuinely i think it can wait (laughs) Um, very well put I think there is quite a lot to uncover so obviously Cyberpunk was originally meant to come out 16th of April 2020 that game was delayed to the 17th of September 2020 and now they've delayed it for a second time to the 19th of November so immediately the alarm bells are going off in my head and I think the exec do not want to have to delay this game for a third time because that could have disastrous financial implications. So I don't know whether that, I mean, it's got to be, it's got to be the main reason driving behind, driving this crunch. Um, that doesn't change your mind at all though, does it? The fact no. that delayed twice. Fair enough. Um, so it's an awful thing to have to break a promise you've made because now you lose a lot of trust one with your employees two with the public and maybe the employees will forgive you but the public is unforgiven like they will hold on to this they will not forget this when you break a promise especially a public one when you go on the record and say you're not going to do something and you go and do it you're no better than a politician and you don't want to be in the same kettle of fish as politicians. Nah, no good's going to come with that. And here's the thing. I don't know why they even made that statement. Like, I don't know, I know this is going to sound bad, but like you are a big business. You are a big company trying to make money. And as crappy as it is, this is a thing that has been pervasive in the game industry for like so long. And CD Projekt Red have just so much good clout. Don't don't say that. There was no need to say that. Don't say it at all. Just don't. And then I, if you I, do have to crunch, like oh, this is terrible. But it wouldn't be as bad. Yeah. So I I think in response to uh, why they did it in the first place, why they made the promise, I think it's because The Witcher Three had a lot of crunch behind it. Mm. Um. So I think there was a similar feeling that people would have to crunch into the release of this game, which is arguably even bigger. Mm. Um, 
So I think that's why they made this promise. They wanted to appease, you know, employees, the public. But yeah, I think I don't know how you go on on the record making a statement like that. We're not going to have mandatory crunch unless you are hundred percent certain that there is going yeah. to be no crunch. Like you have to also go on the record and say we would rather delay this game again than have people do crunch because. You know, as well intentioned, as well intended as your original statement was, it's crap now. It doesn't mean anything, mm-hmm. and you've hurt yourself in this regard. I feel. Um, and if they were going to do crunch, like at least make it non-mandatory, so then the people that actually want the crunch will, be, which will be next to nobody, will actually do the crunch. <laughs> but like, at least they have the choice. You're not forcing them as you are now. I think this is, I don't know, it's sticky. Yeah. And it also means that in their contracts, they there's there's hundred percent a clause that says uh, every now and then you'll be required to work a lot more than your contracted hours, um, and there's nothing you can do about it because that clause is there in your contract. It's something along those lines. It's not that you can it's do the about dreaded, that. It's the dreaded ad hoc clause. Mm-hmm. Just this <laughs> nice vague term that lets yeah. the. Uh, higher ups do what they want yeah you know if you have a bit of free time we'll give you some more work to do um i yeah i I agree with what you said earlier i don't know why they need to do crunch at this point um where is this pressure coming from uh it's probably shareholders the exec uh maybe they're gauging interest and interest is down because I mean, personally, for me, I was very excited for the game when it was billed for April, and I lost a bit when it was, you know, moved to September. And now it's been delayed again. I have lost quite a bit of interest. So that's personally me. I don't know if the rest of the general public feels like that, but I, I would imagine there's quite a lot of pressure on them, in, internal and external. I won't lie to you. I am not excited for this game at all anymore. You're right. <laughs> um, I've still pre-ordered it because I pre-ordered it like. Just earlier on this year because I really mm. wanted it. Um, but yeah, I'm just not excited. Uh, like, so I know this is silly, but Among Us, absolutely great game. Absolutely loving that. I've started playing Dark Souls again. Um, and I love the fact that Miles Morales will be out on the PS4, so I need to get a PS5 <laughs> so soon, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, like, there are other games that I'm just more excited for at the moment. And to be fair... I don't think I'm ready for another super long campaign. I don't think I can do it anymore. After Ghost of Tsushima, I'm just like, nah, I don't (laughs) want a game I have to invest so much time into. Because I will try and get a platinum in Cyberpunk. I will do it. Um, But yeah, I I agree. My interest has waned a lot. Um, And I think, you know when... Was it EGX? I think it might be EGX. Um, but there was the whole you could come in and you could watch the the live trailer, so a hands off demo. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so good, like all the different paths, the world you were in, just the the vibe and aesthetic. Like I don't know if you've seen like old sci fi films, like um, maybe Judge Dredd's not one of them, but like Total Recall and other films like that, where like it's this it's this weird dystopian future where it's like, it's really high tech, but at the same time, the, the res- not respect, but like a lot less effort 
has gone into humanity itself. It's all about big corporations, and you've got a lot of people like that are like against the the system. Um, and there's a lot of like freedom and you know expression like on the fringes of society, etc. And then you've got like places where it's all like clean and crisp. And I get that from cyberpunk. I get a really nice sci-fi dystopian world that like I've seen in films that I've read in books, and I'm like, yo, let's go. This looks amazing but I haven't got it yet. And I think I've just, I've just moved on to the next thing now. And, and it's, it's a real shame. Um, maybe you're right. Maybe they put a lot of media and advertising into like a certain point. And cause I'm not going to lie. I don't see any ad of cyberpunk anymore. Like I don't see it when I'm watching YouTube. I don't really see it on social media. For me personally, I can't speak for anyone else, but cyberpunk is just kind of falling off. So maybe that's why. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, as I said, each time they've delayed it, my excitement has gone down just be like in terms of cyberpunk, um, when it was built for April, I had a plan of like, okay, Final Fantasy seven remake, which, which I still need to play. And then <laughs> cyberpunk. Backlog. Yeah. <laughs> um, then it got pushed back to September, which I felt was fine because then I could have Final Fantasy seven, the last of us part two. Ghost of Tsushima, and then Cyberpunk. And that was in November. And it's like, well, I've already enjoyed so many great great games like Streets of Rage 4. I've enjoyed The Last of Us 2. I've enjoyed Ghost of Tsushima. I'm kind of pooped out for the year. So yeah, now, yeah so now I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't, like, my hype is not as organic as it once was. And... <sighs> I it's harsh for me to say, but I think the delays have had a, a role to play in that. I understand COVID, you know, no one could have predicted that. That has definitely had an effect on the release of this game. And maybe they are thinking, how many times can we delay this game until we get zero interest at all? But I don't know. I, I, I do feel that the crunch has left a bitter taste in gamers' mouths. Yeah. Because, you know, we're in a time now where we're so emotionally intelligent, like we're in touch with, um, you know, our identities and the safety for everyone that we just feel it's a bit uh, unethical for people to be overworked during a pandemic. Um so it is I, I it is a tough position for CDPR. Um I think they are in a they are caught between a rock and a hard place. I think for me personally, I would much rather an announcement that the game will be delayed till 2021 than to hear that they're doing six work, uh, six day weeks. But I mean, of course, they had to make the call whether they delay the game or make the workers work more hours and you know they've gone with the overtime. Which is such a, I think it's such a bad move in all honesty. Um, yeah, I have to agree. Because like, I think, I think maybe they want to just get it out before Christmas, which makes sense. Because I mean, even though COVID has happened, Christmas will come and people will buy. It's Christmas. Absolutely. Hardwired to do it. It's it's a, it's a social custom now. Gift giving, exchanging, like seeing each other. Um, it's just it's. It's a real shame though. It yeah. is a real shame. Um, so 
So I guess from a business point of view, I, I can I I can see why, but I still think it's not the right move. Yeah, I, you you touched a great point there that we haven't discussed previously. Um, Mid November is probably the latest you could put out a game for that Christmas rush. Mm. Uh, so from September to November, you'll see a lot of games be announced, uh, released. That's typically when new consoles get released um, because one, Black Friday, two, Christmas presents, and parents go mad for Christmas. You know, they want to get their kid the new stuff or they want to mm. get something for them. Um, of course, Cyberpunk is going to be one of those games that, you know, people would have seen, even if they're not gamers, whether it be on YouTube or Twitch or, you know, while they're surfing the internet. Uh, so I guess I get it from that regard as well, that viewpoint that they don't want to miss out on that Christmas rush. You know, they want to get the PS5 or the Series X or the Series S. It makes sense for Cyberpunk to be, you know, an additional purchase there as well. So I get it's, I do not envy their position. They are in such an unfavorable position right now, but I don't know. I don't think they they made the most humane decision. Mm -mm. I mean, do you know what? It's easy for us to say this, but like hindsight is 2020. If they knew that they'd need to delay, they could have just said that April, it's going to come out November and they could do what they needed to do and maybe they wouldn't need crunch. Uh, But hindsight's 2020. And unfortunately, it's a business and they're going to do what's right for the business. And I guess this is what they think is right for the business. Yeah. And uh, Trey made a good point on the Twitter. Um, He said, is there an underlying problem in the gaming industry where deadlines just aren't being met? There must be, there must be a consistent theme. There must be a correlation because all of the big games, all of the AAA titles are missing deadlines. And why is that? Is that because the shareholders or the boss themselves are not giving them a realistic time frame to get this game done in is it because that uh, project managers are incompetent and they can't judge the time taken for each section of the game to be made is it for the employees that they are hiring are they not good enough are they not trained enough are they doing what naughty dog did with last of us 2 they're getting um uh, juniors in to do jobs that more experienced people should be doing ergo more time is needed to get the game done there has to be i don't know if it's a single area of the gaming that the thing needs to be pointed at but maybe a broad uh telling off to every every sector of the gaming industry maybe it's a combination of all of those factors but it is worrying how many AAA titles are either being delayed or or are forcing their employees to do crunch that is worrying and i do think the long-term solution is to just outright ban crunch. And um, I don't know what the implications of that will be, but I do think the the human life needs to be the top priority when it comes to game making. As you said, gaming is a luxury, not a necessity. Um, there are thousands of games out at any one point. So, uh, you know, <laughs> there will never be a shortage of games at least not at this time period right now. So yeah, I agree. I think if you're choosing between getting the game out on time and delaying it, delay it. But why is every AAA title being delayed? We saw it with God of War. We saw it with The Last of Us 2. We saw it with Final Fantasy 7. We're seeing it with Cyberpunk. 
it's a problem. It's a big problem, in my opinion. Because either the studio's losing money because they've had to change their deadline day, release day, I should say, or, you know, they are killing their employees who are having to work stupid hours and are having long-term problems because of it. I think... I think it's a weird one. Like, um, there's a... I don't know if it's out yet. I don't think it's out yet. There's a game called Biomutant. And, you know, I'm going to search this before I run my mouth. Um... And at this point, we're fact checking before we speak. <laughs> um, is it out now? Oh, I don't know if it's out. I'm seeing it on Steam. There are no user but, reviews. I don't think it's out. But it's one of those games that you know. Some games are released on Steam before. That's true. Um, uh, I don't no, think it's out though. No, I don't think it's out either. Um. So basically, uh, when I was a lot younger, um, I saw this game and I thought, "Oh, this looks really good. I'd like to play it one day." It's still not out yet. It's it's one of those games where you've seen a lot of it, you've seen a lot of the gameplay, but it's it's just not there. Um, and I think more games should just have a come in soon. We don't we don't need a date um, because I think it is it is a production thing because. It's all about managing people's expectations. And having a date is nice. It says everything will be wrapped up at this point. And having a date is really useful. Like, for example, for all of us that have gone to uni, um, if there was no due date, would we really do all our coursework? Would we really get that dissertation in? We wouldn't. Like, no one lie. We just wouldn't. It wouldn't happen. <laughs> there's no need. There's, there's no due date. Yeah, like, the urgency isn't yeah. there. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Um, do you want to play a game with FIFA? Yeah. Do you want to go out tonight? Yeah. Um, you're not doing it. Uh, but I think like a date just gives everyone something to work for internally and externally. This is just me, my two cents. This is, this is not official, by the way. Um, but a date is very useful to have something to work towards. Uh, but just because of the scale and what it is, it's very hard to do. So I know Crunch has probably always existed, but if we go all the way back to Insomniac Games, for example, when Spyro came out, each of those games released back-to-back year after year after year, the first three games. They had, like, I think, nine, ten-month windows to release their games. Their games were a lot smaller, yes. So I wouldn't say it was easier because there were more technical limitations back then, but you didn't have massive teams. You had like a small team, they did it, they got it done. Now you have huge teams. Now legal is very much a part of everything you do. There is probably so much that you have to do, so much you have to get through. And having a producer can be a great thing or a crappy thing because some producers don't do anything at all. They'll just market the game and they'll have a a deadline and they'll want they want to return on their investment, basically. I guess some pro- producers get more involved, but it all comes down to the producer wants to get their their returns, basically. Now, if you're lucky and the developer and the producer are the same thing, then I guess life is a bit more easy. Because, for example, uh, Metroid, Metroid 4. I think it's Metroid 4. It got cancelled because um, Nintendo weren't happy with it. And, like, yeah, gone. it's gone. It's going to work with- do you know what I mean? They're going to work on it. They're going to bring it back. Now, I I don't know if there is crunch at Nintendo. There probably is. 
Um, but they seem to have their own ways of going about this, whatever. Um, but production schedules do not seem to to work, and the consumers and the internal are getting dates that just aren't really feasible. And I think that that's something that needs to change. Like get to a certain point and then have healthy estimates, have buffers in there, have say to yourself, are we going to need to crunch? If the answer is yes, just stick six months on the end of that production schedule and things like marketing and distribution and all that, just do it a bit later. You're not going to lose money for that. Well, that's a terrible thing to say. They potentially business. Yeah, potentially. But do you know what? No, I no, do you know what? Let me just stop. The real problem is crunch is gonna happen and people don't care. They will keep on buying the games. And I am probably someone who has done that as well because I probably didn't know. So for Cyberpunk, am I gonna cancel my order? Here's the thing: the answer is probably no. So I'm part of the problem. I am part of the problem. And until that changes. I think the industry is going to be plagued with this issue because crunch will happen, people will complain, but here's the thing, the games will still sell really, really well. So until the consumer can be like, no, we're not buying this game, if you're going to crunch, then it's not going to change. It will not change. Yeah, I think um, when you said it helps to have a date, I definitely agree with that because a date means people can start pre-ordering your product. Mm-hmm. That means you're already starting to get money in. You can see the pre-order sales. That's good. Exactly. Investors like that. As soon as you delay your game, you're already risking pre-orders being cancelled. They are well. Consumers are well in their right to cancel their pre-order because the game's being delayed. Because maybe they had that money budgeted out to go out for that month, so they could make something else happen another month. And now they can't do that because you thought you know you delayed your game. So you know that that's why it does help for a date to be made you know uh and i guess i kind of I, I guess i got an issue with when you said um you could just push it back six months because i you know that's basically what cdpr did and now we're, ha- we're at that issue where six months wasn't enough um i think maybe this is where the issue starts where you know the boss man says to the director or whatever i need a game in three years the director says, yeah, okay, because they haven't even thought about it and he can't, for whatever reason, go back to the boss until it's too late saying, oh, we needed another two years or we not even needed another 18 months. Mm. And uh, whether they, you know, they've delayed it and they've just pushed it back six months because, yeah, six months is far enough in time. Six months comes. It's only 182 days. And, you know, you have to delay your game again because six months wasn't enough time. You didn't properly plan how much work was needed to be done how long that would take and now you're in the same predicament again and it just makes you as a complete body and organization look incompetent and unprofessional when you just push things back six months have you just picked six months because that's a you know a long time away that you don't have to think about tomorrow or is that realistically feasible and i think we found out here with this game um I do have to check myself though because I know Naughty Dog had the same problem with Last of Us 2 and I still bought the game and I still think it's one of the best games I've ever played so um, perhaps I'm part of the problem um, maybe I should have boycotted the game uh, that is something I need to look at myself for I, I, I need to look at myself over but um, 
at the same time, I didn't force those employees to do all of those mad hours. I, at the same time, I didn't hire incompetent staff members. I know personally, if I have a job opening out, I'm going to try and hire the most qualified person for the job. This overqualified myth is something that plagues the West, in my opinion. And I think they've done that here because they wanted to get away with paying juniors uh, less money for their salaries and as a result you know they've had to overwork these poor people whereas you could have paid more salaries and get the game done by uh competent people and do you know what that would be so 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 much cheaper so much cheaper here's the thing you have a team of juniors maybe you're paying them like let's say 30k um or do you have like a team of seniors and you're paying them like 60k Okay, it's a bit more. You're going, it's like 100, 200 grand, sure. But if you're selling like 4 million copies of a game, 8 million copies of a game, you're going to get your returns. Like, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. Just invest in your staff. The game will get done quicker and uh, you will not have to wait as long to get your returns in. People will not have cancelled your pre-orders and the negative press would be smaller. So, I mean, it's all about the short-term versus the long-term. And having a game released on time is the best thing ever because people are ready. <laughs> people, are, people, are, people are sitting there with their wallets out just, just waiting to give you their money. Mm-hmm. If you get this game out on time, everything's fine. People have earmarked their time and their money, two of the most valuable currencies you can, that is that exists in today, you know? People are taking holidays just so they can, like, play this game. <laughs> People do that. I mean, you know, I, they might have a, a smart strategy there, but people do it. Uh, <laughs> I like that we went off on one there. Uh, what? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I think there was no waffle though, in my opinion. Like, oh, they waffled. No, I don't think we did. Like, we 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 had a issue, and then we realized that there are layers to the issue. It's not as simple as CDPR bad. It's not a you know we're cussing them out. It's not like we're trashing them or anything. You know, we are saying our honest opinion on you know a piece of news, and then we're actually delving into that news to see like whether this is an industry wide issue, and we think it is. So, viewer and listeners, viewers, listeners, let us know your thoughts. What do you think about the uh, CDPR issue? Do you think that making the employees crunch is um, worthwhile? You know, considering we've got the Christmas coming up, they don't want to delay their game for a third time, or do you think that they should just delay the game? Like Halo Infinite uh has you know xbox have delayed halo infinite till 2021 and now people are saying that you know the series uh, consoles don't even have a launch game to come out with but they've made that brave move are you or are you on that side instead and what do you think about the uh crunch industry-wide thing do you think it's an industry-wide issue do you think it's the pressures of the bosses do you think it's an internal issue in regards to the project managers or employees let us know your thoughts all right and we move on to <laughs> something else. There is a new challenger. Uh, after Google launched their Stadia cloud gaming uh, service, 
Amazon have thrown their hat into the gaming ring. It was only a matter of time. Amazon have launched or they have uh, announced that they're going to launch Luna, their cloud gaming service, which will be a monthly subscription. It is available in America only just now, but it does look like we're going to be able to play a lot of big titles such as Sonic Mania, such as Control, such as Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, what are your thoughts about Luna, Isaac? It seems like a really good idea. And do you know what? Just for the sheer fact that Amazon owned Twitch, I think it's not going to do as badly as Stadia. Um, however, my thing is, uh, Xbox already has really good integration with Twitch anyways. So I think I think this is going to be successful. I don't think it's going to be a flop. Um, I think when it comes to the the cloud gaming wars, if that ever becomes a thing, it's going to be Microsoft versus uh, Luna. And do you know what? I think they're both great options. Um, Luna has like a really good selection of games, much better than Stadia. Uh, not sure if. It's going to be as good as Xbox, especially now that Xbox like have the Bethesda collection in their arsenal and all those great games, um, and especially because like Xbox give you, they just give you so much, um, and it is it is a games console, so you get a lot out of it. And let's say your internet does go out, like you're fine. It, it doesn't matter. Luna would be all online. Um, and that's one thing that is a little bit of a worry, but if you're a Twitch streamer, everything's online anyway, so whatever. I think in terms of Twitch, you know, it's, it's such a great thing. It's going to be seamless integration. Um, I think you can, I think you can, you either you're streaming and then you know, you're playing the game and you can just jump straight into streaming. I read about Luna ages ago, so like my memory on it isn't that sharp, but I like everything I've heard about Luna, and I think it's a great contender. And with Luna here, with uh, Project X Cloud, which is now Cloud Gaming from Xbox, I don't know why they didn't keep the X Cloud name. X Cloud is so much cooler. Um, probably legality thing, um, and even PlayStation Now as an aside. Because chances are you really got a PlayStation, so you'd be like, why not? It's a PlayStation now. Because Google Stadia is just, I I just don't see it like being a next contender. So I think Luna is a really, a really good thing. And it seems quite cheap for the for the early adopters. So not early adopters, but like they're testing it out. Um well they're not testing it out. I think it's only in America at the moment. Uh it's like five ninety five, I think. And you get all these great games for five ninety five a month. I think that is cheaper than Project X Cloud, much cheaper than PS Now. I think unless PS Now is forty pounds for the whole month. Um, but even then, PS Now's offering is is just old. It's bare bones. Like no, um, Luna's giving you like yeah. I want to say a next experience. Fun. We need to have a conversation about. PlayStation and their poor UI. Um, oh, how now just looks like it belongs on Internet Explorer. Um, 
the search function on PlayStation Store, whether you're on the phone or on your PC, it's just poor. Like they need to hire someone to redesign that immediately. Hundred percent. I hate the PlayStation Store. I really, <laughs> really hate it. When it comes to like finding the game I want, I it has to be done on my laptop first. And I go in knowing what I want, get in and out. I hate the store. You'll never catch me browsing there. And you lose so much money. Like, I don't know if you've done this, but there'll be times where like I'm on the PlayStation store and I'm really looking through deals or a category because I don't know why, but I just want to spend money on the game. And the PlayStation store doesn't let me do that because it is a terrible place to window shop. It is god awful. And it'll just crash. Like, <laughs> if I'm there for too long, it'll just crash. And it's done that from the PS3 all the way to the PS4. It's a terrible experience, in my opinion. Can't speak for everyone. I, I agree with that 100%. Um, it just seems a couple of generations behind. Mm-hmm. You can see everything we've got going on now. Like, the implementation has been poor. Something as easy as the search function is laborious it's a chore by the time i found what i want i don't want to buy it anymore it's <laughs> such a bad bad setup and including when you go to the ps store on the playstation i think i missed that out earlier it's just terrible like you do get all the marquee stuff but maybe you don't want the marquee stuff and you want something indie or you want to find some hidden gems or you want a game that you've wanted three months ago but you never pulled the trigger and you want it now you want to see if it's still there it's so impossible to find because the search function is so awful archaic really bad and here's the thing so this is no one quote me on this but i read somewhere that this guy released the game, it went on the PlayStation Store, and it wasn't brought up as the first result when you search it. Even though a lot of the name is in there, it's right at the very bottom. And what is going on with that search function? That's poor. Yeah. So I think it was an indie dev. I can't remember the game or the name of the dev uh, or the tweeter. He tweeted it, but someone did tweet. Sorry? No, I said I, I agree. I think it was an indie game. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, he tweeted, um, I'm trying to find my own game on PS Store and I have to scroll down like 10 pages. That just encapsulates what is wrong with PS Store. I've searched for the exact thing. Why is your search engine so bad? Um, it's a joke. <laughs> but um, onto Luna, I yeah, agree with everything yeah. you said. Um, the fact that Amazon owns Twitch just changes everything. Um, of course, Google owned YouTube, and YouTube is the most consumed platform for gaming. Uh, but Twitch is the number one streaming platform for gaming. For streaming in general, like people go to Twitch. Uh, the fact that Bixer uh, has collapsed is unfortunate because that provided a real alternative. Uh, Facebook gaming, no one in the West really uses that. So, you know, there's that. Uh, I think the stuff that they could implement onto Luna, onto Twitch, just, you know, uh, is a very attractive offer, I feel. Um, it is very cheap, 5 something a month, five ninety nine. I don't know. But I think only people they invite are going to be able to make use of that offer. So it will probably go up a bit when they are ready to roll it out to the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is fine. Um, yeah, I think... The games are going to be very, very 
helpful because I can't remember what games you can play off the stadium, but I don't think you can get everything that you can get on an Xbox, which is like one or two really good tiles, but yeah. the rest seem far and few between. Yeah. Few and far between. Yeah, it does seem like they're trying to experiment with a lot of first party games, which is a risk to say the least. Um uh yeah, because you really want like games that people know. Uh, you want your FIFAs, you want your NBAs, like mm-hmm. you want games that people are familiar with that they know are going to be good games. Sort of games. Yeah, before they move on to you know indie and first party games. But um, yeah, with, with Luna, I already said three examples that are well known in in the world of gaming. Um, so I think they have more of an advantage. Um, yeah, I think it all depends on how well Twitch is going to incorporate Luna. I know that Twitch has a good relationship with PlayStation with the implementation already because you can stream directly onto Twitch via PlayStation. So I'm looking to see how the PS5 is going to take advantage of that relationship. Um, And it would be, in my opinion, silly for Twitch to shut out Xbox and PlayStation in favor for Luna. But we might see Luna get some perks like Mm -hmm. Luna. Uh, so yeah, I'm quite interested in that. Don't know too much about it, but I think I'm intrigued by the proposition of Luna. Yeah, it seems like a good idea. Yeah, and it seemed like something that was coming. Oh, absolutely! As soon as Google announced Stadia, I, I knew that was coming. It was coming. It's it, good it, to you. Sorry. No, go on. It's fine. Uh, it, it, it's too attractive an offer for Jeff Bezos not to take advantage of. Like, oh, Jeff Bezos, yeah. The man making money during coronavirus. <laughs> We've seen... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we've seen how Amazon have grown and, you know, evolved over the years. You know, they started off just show, selling books to now where they're selling, you know, everything. They are competing with supermarkets now, competing with W.E. Smith, uh, Office, Staples. Um, they are now... Um, they've got... Prime, so now the uh, Prime Video, sorry, and so now they're competing with Netflix. Uh, you can watch live sport there, so you know what they're competing with there. BT, sport, uh, Sky Sports. Um, they are trying to roll out Amazon Podcasts, so they're now coming for Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, so it, it was only about a time before they throw their hat into the gaming rig. I mean, it, it makes sense. They like Jeff Bezos could literally dream of an idea. Wake up the next day and go, we're going to do this thing. He will hire a new team. He will absorb a new company to run that idea. And, you know, that that's just the way it is. But, yeah. And um, <laughs> part of me feels like it, it, he's definitely pinched some people from Google Stadia and Xbox. 100%. Would, not me. Would not surprise me. Like, you don't get that type of money by playing nice. Yeah, that. Not <laughs> um. We, we haven't really discussed something, but that did happen over the last two weeks. Bethesda has been purchased by Xbox uh, for $7.5 billion. Um, I cannot remember how much Sony purchased Insomniac for, but nowhere near $7.5 billion. That is a massive deal. To be fair, uh, though, do you <sighs> they're getting more than what they got of Insomniac, because Insomniac was just one company, but I think they bought Bethesda's parent company who owns a lot of other studios. Um, Bethesda being one of them. I think Obsidian's one of them. 
uh, the guys behind Deathloop. Because I think Bethesda are behind Deathloop, but there's another team called that begins with an A that's behind Deathloop. Right, yeah. um, so they've got on a lot more. And it's, I think it's a good purchase. I think it's a I mean, very good purchase. I mean, yeah, you, you are getting more, but 7.5 billion is a lot of money. But a small, a small part of me thinks it's nothing to these big companies. It's, it's not. Just... It's not. Because when you look at who Xbox is owned by, that's chicken change. That's that's mad when you think about it that way. That's <laughs> so insane. 7.5 billion, that's... chicken change. Raw. Uh, you want 7 billion? I right, will add another half fee. Go on. Imagine, imagine having that amount of power, that amount of wealth. That is crazy. But you yeah. know, they went through a lot of like legality, a lot oh, of red yeah. tape. Yeah. So much of that. So much. That deal must have been worked on for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you 100%. It is an intelligent, impeccable purchase. So smart. Um, and I love it. I was going to say, because now... What we're going to do, what we're going to see is, uh, luckily, e- Xbox have allowed Bethesda to carry out the commitments that they have cur- currently. So Deathloop yep. will be a PS5 and PC exclusive. But after all of the games they are currently working on, any new titles will be a case-by-case basis as to whether they will go onto other consoles, which means more money for Microsoft. <laughs> money, money, money. It's all about the money. You know, because that means like with each sale on a PlayStation console, Xbox are getting a little bit of that. So, you know, know, so like they're not they're not per se helping the competition. They're just getting a cut from the competition. And that's what you want. It is better to be someone who is getting a cut out of all these big names than to just be one big name yourself. Because at the end of the day, like you're doing less and getting more. Um yeah. and to be fair, like the what was I gonna say? Go on. <laughs> Go on. Um yeah, it's just such an amazing um acquisition in my opinion. Mm. We are really starting to see the two captains, Sony and Microsoft, pick their team members for this uh, this new generation. And it's not so much a war as it was in the mid-noughties, which is good. Because um, we wouldn't have seen, you know, stuff like Cuphead going on the PS4 back then. Was that on the and, PS4 now? Yeah, it's on the PS4. Oh, sweet. Nice. And it, as you said, it's a really clever thing for... Microsoft to be making a bit of money and it's positive PR. We're not stopping anyone from playing our games. You can play our games on any console, on any platform. So even in that regard, it's a good move mm. for Microsoft. I think that's always what they've wanted to do as far back as I think the Xbox One. Because you know how's that that whole debacle where PlayStation just ripped them apart and was like, this is how you share games on PlayStation. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Um, I think they wanted to have everyone involved for like a very, very long time. And that was how they would start. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that it's it's working out for them now. Because like, as much as I enjoy what Sony have given us, I am the consumer. 
and I just want to play games. I do not care for the console, just get me the game. And I've only gone for PlayStation because it has more of the games I want to play and no other reason. It's not a thing where I've grown up in a PlayStation house. That's stupid. That's ignorant. No. <laughs> it's all about the games. Um, and if Xbox can deliver that, then I'm all for it. Because I'm already thinking about buying an Xbox. What they've done with the new consoles has been like really great. Having like the budget alternative, that's beautiful. Um, especially if you're a casual gamer, you can just get your pass and you can just game. That is so good. Um and like it just feels like xbox are are the bigger man right now because <laughs> sony's here with um marvel avengers like promoting the fact that you can only get spider-man on our console and xbox are just like you can have death loop as a timed exclusive you can have the other game as a timed exclusive and you know what we're not even gonna stop you from playing our games that we own on our consoles. So you you hold on to Spider-Man for dear life. You make him look like Tom Holland. We're good. Like, we're going to keep giving people their games. I think our Xbox is just taking the high ground on this. And in the long run, do you know what? It might pay off. I think it, it will. Off. I think it will. I don't think it's going to be overnight, but I think the strategy they're taking will provide them with success. Mm-hmm. I um, think software sells, not hardware. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think we are now in an age where loyalty is kind of not towards corporations. And now we're just like, whatever's going to give me the most enjoyment, what are my friends going to be playing on, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I I did want to say something. I can't remember now. Um, with your series s or your your xbox console um game pass with game pass you're gonna get ea play so if you are a casual gamer and you just like fifa and you know madden and all of that stuff you can get a series s get your game pass subscription and you're good you get to play fifa early so that is a big incentive right there that is the biggest dub go on and they are now giving you, I think it's a two-month pass for Funimation, so you can watch your anime for free for two months. So, you oh. know, there's just a lot of strategy there. And no, I reject that. I reject that last point. I don't think that's good. They Why are not? giving you an unsustainable pass. Yes, it's two months. Okay, thank you very much for that. But you can probably, you can get your, what, 14-day or, like, month trial. And then you can you can get another like um, email address if you want, and then get your second one, and then there you go, you go to two months. I don't I, think that should be any form of incentive. I think the trial is seven days. Seven days. I think, I think so. Still I might need to check, but I think the trial is seven days for Funimation. If it was a year or like Funimation just comes with it, I think that would be perfect, and so See. many people would get it. That's what you need to do. Just bundle it in. Good, you're now that is unsustainable. <laughs> that's unsustainable in my opinion. That's not a Microsoft product. This is a Funimation product. That's and true. you know the anime industry is a big victim of pirating. So that's a good point. Yeah, you're right. I don't think they can afford to give 12 bumps to how many people? Millions. Yeah, true. A lot okay. okay, fine. Maybe three months. Make it a quarter of a year. No, I think two months <laughs> is too little. 
I think it's too little. I think it's too little. Come on now. Nah, nah, nah. Nah, nah, nah. Nah, because you're getting this console to bang out games. Uh, yeah. I guess you're not going to be. So you no, probably not be watching anime on your Xbox if you're a gamer. If you're like going to be predominantly gaming. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to pick one or the other. You got, it's just, There's time it's for both. No, I'm nitpicking. I'm nitpicking. You know, it is, it is a good deal. I think that's what more. I just think there should be more. That's just me. I I think I think we can't get too uh, demanding when it comes to other people's property yeah. because Xbox have very little to do with this Funimation thing. This is a very good idea from Funimation to one stop piracy to provide a an alternative because Crunchyroll is the only big product out there where you can like legally stream your anime and. I think people are ready for more options. I think Funimation, arguably the biggest English uh, anime source <laughs> in the world. So it only makes sense for them to provide a streaming platform. Um, so we don't know how well Funimation are doing, but I know back in the day when Dragon Ball Z was the biggest thing, they were not doing very well financially. So I do think that now they do need to look after themselves and this partnership with the xbox is good but i don't think they can give a, they cannot give a whole year do you know what it, it's a select few potentially but they can't give it to everyone i don't think so and to be fair like i think the whole point is get someone using it for long enough that it becomes part of their like day-to-day or their life or they just enjoy the interface or they they appreciate how good of a service it is and then they'll likely just stay on and keep yeah. it as part of their package. So, yeah. right, and two months is a long time to do that. Like, if you if you haven't used it in two months, you probably don't want to. Exactly, and you are willing your right to cancel it, or you yeah. know, you have to subscribe to a paid subscription. Like, free trials are there to do two things. One, you're trying to get money from people who forget to cancel their free trial. So two, two, you are there to try and entice people. People enjoy this product so much that when they do cancel it, they're like. Ah, I wish I could watch Fire Force. Oh, I wish I could watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. And then they have to subscribe and get, you know, the full-fledged uh, product. I mean, you mm-hmm. can get your email addresses, and depending on how many different bank cards you have, you can get the free trial again. But, long, just support them. Just support them. But, I mean, you know, anime is already a thing that gets pirated so mm-hmm. much. There are so many sites you can watch anime for free. So supporting the anime means... You are properly supporting the industry. That means the animators. Crunch in anime. You think crunch in gaming is bad? <laughs> it is disgusting. They have a week to make yeah. each episode. Yeah. And when they can't do it, you get those... Uh, I'm not going to say stupid because it's because of the crunch. But you get those episode 13.5s where it's just a collection of all the first few episodes to like catch up to speed. And you're not getting anything from it. Exactly. So that's why financially supporting anime supports the animators, supports mm-hmm. the mangaka, supports the voice actors, and it helps them provide you with better products and better services. That's you want one piece with a pro, you know, with decent pacing, support the anime. You want, you know, uh, what else is going on right now? Um, I mean, Attack on Time, the book's kind of sailed on that. But if you. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean the book's kind of safe? No, as in they're near in the end. As in, oh, the, oh I see what you mean. Okay, right. Maybe you want Attack on Titan with regular updates, 
Like mm-hmm. they're going towards the end now. What's the point? Yeah. Right, if, yeah. If you want your anime with decent pacing, support them. They'll be able to provide you with timely episodes that don't recap the previous one. Because they definitely have the tech and the availability to do it. The finances are the problem. Hundred percent. And do you know what? Do you know what goes such a such an absolutely long way? Like I don't know if Funimation have this, but I I did have Crunchyroll for a little bit, and I just couldn't at the end because the interface on the PlayStation Four is <laughs> absolute garbage in my opinion. It's probably better on laptop, but I don't watch on my laptop. And I don't want to hook my laptop up to my TV. I just want an app yeah. on my TV where yeah. I can watch. I wish they just, just get that. If Crunchyroll had that, I'd be back on Crunchyroll in a heartbeat. In an absolute mm. heartbeat. But yeah, just yeah. work on that UI. I mean, that's the thing to uh, look at with Funimation. I'd imagine they have a better UI just because they are so centered on the satisfaction of their customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I can't speak for that. But yeah, you know, a good UI, a good search engine, easy, seamless is enticing. So yeah, definitely. I pick up animation. I might, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, they are the best dubbing company out there when it comes to the, you know, English American voice acting. So, but they do subs as well, don't they? Yeah. So on the Funimation yeah. service, you'll be able to access subs and dubs. And what they've done now is they now have the technology to release the dub the same day that the sub releases. Beautiful. So I mean, everyone's uh, happy. Exactly. You know, I I love the dub on certain anime like Dragon Ball Z, Full Metal Alchemist. Um, My Hero, I could go either way on. And if you know, it doesn't matter if you like the dub or the sub, you can access either. Yeah, Uh, for sure. Yeah, I was going to say something about. Going back to the cloud gaming stuff, yeah, Xbox is definitely the market leader, um, and they're going to take some beating. I think the right move might be to go with a partnership with Xbox, but I don't know. I guess Amazon think they can do it alone. So, you know, I think they do. I genuinely think they do. But if they partnered up, like that would be amazing for the consumer. Absolutely, that would be absolutely stunning. And it would, yeah. it would, it would solidify them as the dominant force in cloud gaming. I, I think they'd be untouchable. Yeah. And Google would definitely be out. <laughs> we had a coalition. We had a coalition of Xbox and Luna. Yeah, no, maybe that is the way to do it. But um let us know what you think, viewers and listeners. How do you feel about Amazon Luna? Do you think it will be a success or a flop? Um, what do you predict the Twitch implementations will be? We already know Google Stadia are planning to implement live polling. Um, and you know, live viewer joining in on the stream in action. So, what do you think uh, Amazon will do with Luna and Twitch? And what do you think about the Xbox having two months free Funimation service? Do you think that's too little? Do you think that is a good idea? What do you think? But that's enough time, I think, for this pod. We've gone a little over, but I hope you do stay for the whole episode because I think, you know, we've touched on a lot of good points. Um, It's been a good one, in my opinion. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, make sure you keep the convo going with us on Twitter, at Streamcast underscore Instagram, at Streamcast underscore YouTube, Streamcast. 
Twitch Streamcast TV. We will put all the links in the description. Check out our website, thestreamcast.co.uk. We've put out a blog post reviewing Steven Universe Unleash the Light, a game that Troy played on Apple Arcade. And um, funny, no one talks about Apple Arcade when we talk about Google Stadia and Amazon Luna and xCloud. But yeah, that's another pod, I guess. But uh, yeah, make sure to check that out. If you'd like to be a patron, you could be an official patron, which gets you a shout out. Like we gave at the start of the show, you could be an early bird subscriber and you get our pods and a lot of our videos a day early. Or you could be a VIP and you get a lot of extra content original content um so if you do feel so inclined we'll put a link there for you to join our patron but i think that will be it for this episode he has been uncle ben i have been mega man thank you for tuning in to the podcast we are gonna continue to stream scary games throughout october we're in the middle of until dawn we plan to play Man of Medan and similar games. Um, and it is also Black History Month, so let us know your favorite Black characters in gaming. But until the next streamcast, take care, stay safe. Bye. See you guys. <laughs>